Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, Stella. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little... Fair warning for you. I've been woken up by my toddler several times tonight. So I hope... Oh, no. Out of my mouth makes sense. <laughs> well, I'm pregnant, so half of what I say makes sense. Congratulations. I figured we'd both be mom brain mode. Uh, my, my mom brain is really oh. special today. Yeah. <laughs> I drove to the wrong place yesterday and then pulled in and was like, no, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> I will walk into rooms, forget why I'm there. Oh, I- that's all day. <laughs> my mom lives with us. It's so funny because my husband always laughs because it's either me or my mom entering our room and then going, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? Why am yeah. I here? Oh, okay. That's, I came to pick this up. It's so, it's bad. Yeah. Well, it was just funny because part of like what you talk about is like, how did I get here again? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And what I (laughs) I'm always like, I keep practicing this work. It doesn't go away. (laughs) So I'm really excited to talk to you specifically right now. I don't know what is going on, but everyone I talk to is so miserable at their jobs. (laughs) I mean, truly, part of me doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, part of me is curious as to like, if it's almost just how we speak, like it's almost more conversational to be negative than it is to be positive about something, which I know women do a lot about their bodies and, you know, but I mean, I I ran into a couple moms a few weeks ago and they both work for huge, very cool brands. And I was like, oh, how's work? And she was like, I can't even like talk about it. It makes me sick. And then I was like, well, where do you work to the other one? She works at this amazing company that has a it's a brand I use every day. And I was like, oh, that must be so cool. And she was like, miserable. And so, I mean, this is literally your life's work. <laughs> so, you know, I'd love to talk really like if you could explain even like the impetus of the work happiness method, because you've interviewed what over like or worked with over what, 1500 leaders all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did how did you come to even be doing this work? Well, I came to it by being miserable. Miserable. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that inspired me. So I, I started my career in advertising and I thought like, this is it. This is my dream job. And, you know, I gave it my all and, you know, it looked like things were going well. But when I would come home, 
I would like be talking to God, like, what am I doing with my life? In my book, I talk about how I go into a jar of Nutella with just a tablespoon and like have that and like numb my feelings. And then I thought, you know, maybe it's my clients. They're not creative enough. Maybe I need to go do something else. And so I went and I worked for a startup to help women launch their businesses. And I thought, this is it. Like, I love helping women launch their businesses. I helped, like our company helped over 100,000 women launch their businesses across the U.S. This was like, I don't know, over 15 years, I don't know how many, 10, 15 years ago. And I thought, this is it. I found my people. These women are so inspiring. This is such a meaningful work. I found my purpose. And then eight years in, I was like digging into the Nutella jar again, Mm. depressed, burnt out, like hating my life and just like, what's going on? And then I figured, you know what? It's because of the leadership. It's because of the investors. I just have to go and do my own thing. And if I control everything, then I won't be burnt out. And so I went to study the science of happiness because I was like, I want to infuse people. I want people to be in that zone where you're just fully alive, where you're connecting heart to heart, where you're, you know, you're seeing in technicolor, like when Dorothy lands in Oz and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, I wanted to help people live there more often. And so I, I was, I went to UPenn, was one of their first hundred people to study and get a master's in the science of happiness. And then I thought, okay, I have the keys to happiness. I've helped these thousands of women launch their businesses. I've totally got this. <laughs> and then one year into owning my own business, I'm like in a fetal position. <laughs> I'm like dripping with imposter. I feel like the biggest loser because I'm like, I don't have it in me. I know what I have to do, but I can't bring myself to do it. I'm miserable again. Like what's going on? In that moment, I realized I was like, I've landed here again. How did I land here again? Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh, maybe you're the common denominator. Denominator. <laughs> so that's when I realized, oh, okay. Somehow gracefully, I didn't see it as a beat yourself up moment. I yeah. I got it as like, I've been more powerful all along. Kind of like Dorothy could have just clicked her heels the whole yeah. time. I could have done something. So that's kind of how I came to this work. It took me like many years to work through some stuff. But what I realized is like maybe maybe it is the job, but maybe there's work for us to do. And so with a lot of my clients, they're like, come to me, they're ready to quit. They're ready to switch careers. And, you know, they're emergency room doctors. They're architects. They're like huge leaders. They've spent years and years getting to where they are and they're ready to like, leave it all because they're yeah. so and then what they realize sometimes in just a matter of weeks is that actually it's the best you know <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god I wish I would have talked to you in my last job so sometimes I feel like work because we spend most of our waking lives there yeah it's the sandpaper that we need to like shine our edges mm-hmm. like our loved ones do that for us our children really do that for us but we spend a lot of time at work and sometimes the stuff that comes up is really there to help us heal something or, or mm. work or set those healthy boundaries or advocate for ourselves or, or learn how to care for ourselves even when things are so busy. So that's what the book is about. It's about developing the skills to flourish no matter what or who you're dealing with. So powerful. <sighs> 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So a lot of people make resolutions to drink more water in order to stay healthier, but you have to really consider the water that you're drinking. Listen, I spent copious amounts of money in my twenties buying bottled water. And then we got water delivered to the house. And I just want to be able to use filtered water from the tap. That's safe to drink, but I always feel like it's not do anything. Like most filters can't remove the gross contaminants that make us sick, like bacteria, parasites, and especially microplastics. But that's why we love LifeStraw, because LifeStraw Home is the kitchen upgrade that you'll wish that you made years ago. It's the only water pitcher that filters out over 30 contaminants, including bacteria, microplastics, PFAS, and make your water taste delicious. Honestly, the water tastes so good. And obviously, as a pregnant person, I'm just like shoveling water all day long, and I crave it crave it. It's also gorgeous. It's sleek. It's this hand-blown glass design. So it fits gorgeously on your countertop or you can keep it in the fridge. And most importantly, LifeStraw fights for the planet and gives back. So for every picture sold, a child in need receives a year of safe water. So there's been 9 million children to date who have benefited from this. Better filtration, better taste, better design. LifeStraw home products can be found at LifeStraw.com and on Amazon. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Lisa Pressman. My first book, The Five Principles of Parenting, Your Essential Guide to Raising Good Humans, is out now. In this book, I've wanted to quiet all the noise that's out there and distill the science into five core principles. And using those principles, you can solve absolutely any parenting challenge, giving you the confidence to raise good humans. Order now and give yourself a little bit of ease. All I'm thinking about is, you know, like now I work from home, but I've, I'm thinking about decades and a half that I worked in offices and even like some of the offices that I work partially with now and how it's like, you know, like go to the office and it's like, this person is like, well, she's acting like this and this person's acting like that. It's just, 
it's such a part of our culture to get so swept up in work drama. Yeah. yeah. And I used to really feed off of it. You know, yeah. like it was just, I could, I would just, it would be like, we would leave work and then we'd get on a call and we'd be like, she's doing this and da, da, da. And I could feel my cortisol just like racing through my body. But it's, it really is truly such a part of our culture. So hearing you say all that, it breaks my heart because, you know, I wish this was something and thank God that you're doing this work and that you have the book coming out because everyone deserves to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at work, because unfortunately we all need to do it to feed ourselves. Yeah. And to your point, you were saying, like, is this just the way we think? And yes, I think we, I don't think, like, we all have what's called a negativity bias, which means Mm -hmm. our brain is, it's like, like Velcro. Our attention is like Velcro to anything that is bad, wrong, or threatening. And we will obsess about it because that's just evolved in us as an instinct to to protect ourselves. Like, we want to be focused on the threat. And so... The thing is, though, when someone acts like a bitch in a meeting, like it's not always it can. Of course, it it may be a threat, but it really shuts us down and it narrows our vision and it makes it more difficult for us to see the bigger picture and and to have compassion. So we have to almost hack the way we think. We have to know that about ourselves and then choose consciously how we're going to show up in that next moment or choose to create space in that next thought and see how we can be more generous and be like, well, what else don't I know? Or how else mm-hmm. can I get this? Or I heard you say before that emotions cut off possible opportunities because you're thinking so. I mean, I say this to my husband all the time because he's very emotional with work. And I'm like, it's it's what makes him so passionate. It's what makes him so lovely. It's what makes him so successful. It's his drive. But I'm like, we have to have practices when things don't go exactly your way or a box gets stuck in customs or you get that it's not the end of the world because we have lost, we're now losing our ability to problem solve here because we're so, so narrow-minded. What are, so you have like multiple steps that you suggest and is the first one you say like your energy audit? So I have, the work happiness method has, I teach like eight skills. Okay. And one of the first skills is resilience. So it's like mm. that, there's those setbacks, like when the box is all messed up or it's held up in customs, right? And so we kind of, our first thought is kind of like, we tend to obsess about what's wrong or think about all the what ifs and go into a a spiral. And so I talk about like, to build resilience, you want to be wary of these three mental traps. And the first is complaining. And complaining isn't just like observing what's wrong but it's the energetic response to what's wrong, Mm. you know? So it's like... That's so much of just how we communicate now is through complaining. Yeah, yeah. And especially at work. It's so contagious. So to your point, it's like, it's contagious. Not only do we have this negativity bias, but we also spread our emotion. So when someone is really in kind of fight or flight, when they are really like activated, that spreads because as humans, we have mirror neurons. So, you know, when you're connecting with your your child and they're smiling, like you smile, like you feel, mm. right? But when someone walks in the room and they're in a really bad mood, you also feel it. Absolutely. And, and so that's how toxic culture, you know, it's so easy for things to get toxic at work because we spread our emotion. So the first thing we want to do is be mindful of our complaining. And it's not to ignore what's wrong. It's to 
observe, you know, ourselves and see if we can not be like, oh my God, it's so cold outside and be like, it's really cold. Like, how can we be a little bit more? How can we not add fuel to the fire, right? And one of the ways we don't add fuel to the fire is to see if we can just also notice what's right. Like in in, in addition to noticing what's wrong, how else can we notice what's right? So mm. we have plenty like of stock in the store where customers love us, our, you know, our family is doing well, like trying to expand our vision because when we're in that, when we have that negativity bias, it's almost like we're in tunnel vision. And uh, researchers have actually found that like, if you're in a bad mood, your eyes literally focus on one particular point. They oh my t- God. Like your vision gets locked in. Whereas when you're in a good mood, they did this test with people wearing eye tracking goggles. When people are in a good mood, their eyes tended to go in a big circle around an image and then scatter within it. Like you literally see more. Wow. You're in a better mood. Your vision is really like literally and figuratively impacted by your mood. The more we can try to influence our thoughts so that we can influence our emotions, the more we can see, the more we can solve for. So I, you know, I talk about complaining is is one trap and then self-criticism is another one. Like our inner critic is just depending on the day and what's going on, <laughs> go wild. So, yeah. so I talk about how, how might you have some self-compassion? People talk about compa- self-compassion all the time. And that's just about like slowing down. And Kristen Neff, who's a leading researcher, talks about like there's three parts. First, you want to label what's the feeling. Like we don't want to push it away, sweep it under the rug, like label it like, oh, I'm really sad or, oh, I'm really angry. This didn't work out or I'm lonely. I'm overwhelmed, like labeling it. And then we we speak to ourselves like we would speak to a good friend, like you are doing so much. Mm hmm are handling so much. There's only like we're living in the craziest freaking time in the world, like war and climate and politics and the internet. None of us are recovered from the pandemic. Like it's it's a lot in addition to just life. Yeah. And so it's tough. Of course, it's tough. And you give yourself that. And then you remind yourself, I'm human. And every human makes mistakes. Every human is like limited. Like this is just part of it. And so you try to be like gentle with yourself in those moments. And then the third C I talk about is comparison, which is like, I think the trap. I have to stop doing that. That is very difficult. You know, scrolling, we're seeing everyone's like beautiful life. And it's so hard to not judge yourself after seeing, like, especially if you're having a bad day, especially if you're like feeling vulnerable and then you're scrolling. Yeah, then you get on the phone and it's like, everything is just like a trigger <laughs> like bees, oh, bees. Trigger. yeah so what I will just get off social media for big amounts of time because I know if I'm vulnerable it's just gonna make me feel really crappy yeah but one of the things when it comes to comparison there's this really great quote like oh my god I'm you know mom brain forgetting who said this but it's in my book it's like the reason why we, you know, we get so depressed is because we're comparing our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know someone said I posted something really cute of my husband and I the other day. And she was like, you know, just gave like a really sweet compliment about our love. And I just responded like I you know, start posting our arguments. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you only see like the cutest 
It's, this is an editorial. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And we don't have all the data points. And so what I guide my clients and in the book, I guide people to, and I remember when I had several colleagues who were on Oprah. And when that happened, I was so jealous. Of course. And I was so jealous and I felt like a black cloud was like hovering over me for weeks. And sometimes I would forget, why is this black cloud here? Why do I have this like feeling of like... It's so funny. I never, I've never heard anybody else. There are times where I'll feel that way too, where I'm like, wait, I'm upset about something that I can't even remember what it is. Yes, yes. And then I, I remembered, oh, it's because of that. And then I, I, you know, one day I was like, wait a minute. And, and so I referred back to like, what's important to me? What's my vision? And that's like a thing that I have people do. It's called a vision generator. And that's where you define what's important and what success means to you. And it's not a list of achievements, but it's a list of you being who you want to be in this world. Mm. Creative, loving, powerful, center, balanced, vital, playful, whatever it is. I said to myself, am I being this way? And I like went through my checklist and I was like, my clients had amazing breakthroughs this week. I am being supportive to them. That's a value. I had extra snuggles with my family this morning. You know, loving, being loving is a value. I drank green juice instead of like a third coffee, like I'm taking <laughs> care of my body, you know? So I was like, check, I am being the person I want to be. So Stella, like chillax. And then I was able to- Yeah, because that, what do you call it? A vision, what? Generator. That's not- it, that, it, that's an amazing, amazing practice because it's not, I think oftentimes people will make a mood board and it's like, or a vision board and it's like a fancy car. Like it's these success key points, but it's not humanistic. It's not like how we're living on this planet. So I love that you are able to bring yourself back to reality by being like, okay, that's not even on <laughs> my list of accomplishments because my accomplishments are that I am with my daughter, that I'm happy, that I'm healthy, that I'm being the person that I want to be. Exactly. And you could get all those things. Like you could have the car, you could have the title, you can have the big house and still feel miserable. No, of course. Right. And so that's what I tell people is like, sometimes we do success backwards. We think of all the things we want to achieve or own, but that doesn't guarantee we're going to feel a certain way. I mean, you must understand that on a deep level by working with so many high power. I mean, you were with some of the biggest companies in the world. So it must be very interesting to be actively working with people who, you know, are obviously multi, multi, multi-millionaires and have the jobs that we're all down here hoping to get one day and they're miserable. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. I mean, for you personally, I would be like, I'm floating through life because I know that the those people that the rest of us idolize are just fucking as miserable as everybody else. So I'm cruising. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to see that. And it's also, I'm also equally inspired by my clients. Like I always learn from them when I see just how I see them being so powerful too. Like they did, like we'll always have like a little homework after each call and they did it and they're and they're making tremendous progress and they're having these courageous conversations. And I'm always like, oh, like I'm in awe of them and how they're moving. So it's- but it's, it's so impactful because it's not like they're dealing with five people in an office. They're dealing with, they're changing company culture. I mean, you're helping these people change company culture, which affects thousands of lives. 
Yeah. I mean, anyone, even if they're not a tremendous leader, like we come back to our families, like we come back, I, you know, all of us impact so many lives. Mm -hmm. And I always see, I talk about, it's like the work we do on ourselves is obviously for us. So we feel better, but it's actually for all of us because we're all connected. Of course. It's our children. It's for the stranger we meet in the elevator and whether we decide to smile at them. It's for like the barista, like when we are happier, when we're more fulfilled, we spread that love. Yeah, you radiate that. Radiate it. The same way you do with negativity. Exactly. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's one thing I miss right now during this pregnancy. (laughs) It's an ice cold hard seltzer. (laughs) Ugh. You know what's so funny about being pregnant? It's like the stress of it. You're like, I just need a drink, which is clearly not happening. But that's why I'm excited to tell those of you who can drink about Truly and how they are truly shaking things up with their new party pack. Truly believes that life can be more refreshing when we can be real, let loose, embrace imperfection, and allow ourselves to be free from convention. All the things that I really cannot do That's why Truly has something for everyone in more than 30 unique flavors, including three lightly flavored mix packs, berry and new party pack. Truly Hard Seltzer's new party pack has a flavor for everyone, making it super perfect for you and your friends. It's like such a great thing to show up with to a party or provide for people. With four fan favorites, including brand new raspberry, it's got a little something for everyone. So you can bring it to wine night, you can bring it to book club, bring it to the gym. Just kidding. With this new pack, there's nowhere that you can't bring the party. Each flavor is very light and very refreshing and made with real fruit juice. And with only 5% ABV, only 100 calories, and this is my favorite, one gram of sugar in each can. This is why this was my favorite thing to grab. There's one gram of sugar truly is the perfect drink to keep you on track with your new year's resolutions. Unless your resolution was to have less fun or get pregnant. 
To find Truly Hard Seltzer near you, go to trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. That's trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. Truly Hard Seltzer. Keep it light. Truly Hard Seltzer Beverage Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Please drink responsibly. What would you say for somebody who is in their 30s trying to build their life, they're miserable at work? What do you think is like, For anybody listening, it's like, this is how you need to wake up tomorrow. Like, this is your first. When you wake up tomorrow, I need you to do this. Well, I always wake up and practice gratitude. Like, I, before I put my feet on the ground, I'm like, okay. And I know, we all know this. I call it a boring basic because it's so basic. We know it. It's not like I'm delivering anything breakthrough. I always... We all know that we're supposed to do that and a lot of us don't do it. I need to do it. I grab my phone. Yeah. And I do that too sometimes. Like, I do that because... I'm not in control of how I wake up lately because my two-year-old runs into my room. So it's not my perfect morning. Your two-year-old is not in a crib? He just started crawling out of his crib. So we like opened up the gate. And now 12 o'clock he was in my bed. bed. Can you get one of those lights that has the red and the green light and you teach him that until this is, will he listen to that? I said I was going to do it, but I haven't done it yet. But I'm going to try that. I've seen a lot of people that work really well because they feel like an accomplishment when they do it right. Like when the light turns green and they like, and then they're like, I did it. Okay. I'm going to try that because I I am kids are drunk monsters. I call them. Yeah. My daughter was not that way at all. So this is like, I'm, Oh, I'm in your exact, I have a two and a half year old girl who's easy peasy. Yes. And there is a boy inside of me that is already wreaking chaos on my pelvis and I'm 15 weeks pregnant. And I was like, oh, here's the reckoning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. My, my pelvis is still recovering and it's like <laughs> three, almost three years. So, Ooh. and did you like, you popped like so much faster. Oh, I'm, the day of conception. <laughs> like I found out I was pregnant before I missed my period because I was so instantly pregnant. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's really amazing. Yeah, it's really incredible. It's funny being pregnant and working, as I'm sure now that you've done that twice too. You know, like I went into my office yesterday. I have one of my brands. I go in there once or twice a month and we just have these very big meetings and everyone from every department is there and we have a lot to get done. And they're usually like four hour meetings and I love them and they make me so happy because we're all on the same page making these like really amazing decisions. But I always feel so much responsibility of what I bring to that space. Like I was late one time. I was having one of those days where I was frantic. And I walked into the room and I said, I have frantic energy and I want to be aware of the energy that I'm bringing to this space. Give me one second to just like, I don't want to be more late, but just give me like one second to decompress because I don't want to affect anybody in here negatively. And I need to shift myself. And I was able to just kind of like walk it off. I went to the restroom. I took a deep breath and I like entered the room how I wanted to. And I was so proud of myself for that. And one of the girls that I work with after the meeting was like, thank you. <laughs> like that was such an amazing energy shift for all of us because it could have just been this chaotic meeting. And by the way, I've been responsible for the opposite. I'm sure hundreds of times for many years. <laughs> so, but, you know, I've had a lot of people on the podcast who have studied happiness and talk about. And it's so funny because these fundamentals, it's like we've lost the plot a little bit because what you're saying really is just so, like this is what we need to be practicing to be a human, which is like, we gotta just be thankful and nice to one another. 
And when you're nice to somebody else and you get the happiness back and then it's just like, oh, look at that. Like, look what that did. And it really is just this funny thing where we're just so locked into this vortex. So I know you talk a lot about boundaries. I would love to know some of your practices on how to, you know, armor yourself almost when you're walking into work and there are so many things that you know are could just really bother you. You know, what are some boundary practices? Yeah, that's great. First of all, I just want to say that that is so beautiful what you did because again, you did that for yourself, but you also modeled self-regulation for your team. You mm-hmm. like taught them so much in that moment. Like you, next time someone else is feeling frazzled, they'll feel permission to acknowledge it, to take a moment for themselves. I think that's such beautiful leadership. And and also just labeling your emotion again, it helps it diffuse. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we feel like we just got to like ram past it and like push through it. But just taking that minute was transformational for everyone. And that's so beautiful. So boundaries, I see boundaries less as armor, actually. Mm. It's more about what do you want to cultivate versus what do you want to protect yourself from? For example, I think when we think of boundaries, it's like, I need to keep these people out. I need to keep these like toxic situations out. And they do that. But focusing on what we want to avoid versus what we want to cultivate can, again, be a trap. Totally, totally, totally. Right. And so what we want to focus on is like, well, what is it that I want to enhance in my life? So if I'm feeling really frazzled or overwhelmed when I go into the office, how do I want to be? Again, it goes back to that vision and values. Okay. I want to have time to focus. Okay. So then I create what are the boundaries I need to create to enable that focus? And so in the book, I kind of walk through a framework of like, okay. Are there relationships or people that can support me or that I need a interactions that I need to minimize so that I can focus? So it's always so that I can be who I want to be. So, you know, so are there, um, is there anything about my schedule that will enable me to focus more? Do I need to not have certain meetings in the morning? Do I need to space 15 minutes in between my meetings So I have time to prepare. How do you, so as you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, like oftentimes those are meetings that get scheduled by other managers. So how do you advocate for yourself? Because I think a lot of people are going to go into work, they're going to hear what you just said, and then they're going to think, well, this is impossible because now all these things are getting added to my calendar. Like I I mean, when I used to be in the office full time, I remember always hearing certain people on certain teams complaining that their entire days were just meetings that weren't even that impactful. And then by five o'clock is when they're actually able to start their work. So what are like, I know you also talk about like conversation versus confrontations. Like maybe that's a good way to segue into that. Like how do you, you know, say to your boss or your manager or whoever, like I'm being overloaded here. I can't even work to my best of my ability. I always like to start with authentic gratitude, like, or, you know, like I love working here. I love what I'm doing here. I love our team. Or whatever feels true for you. And lately, the I just case, want to be able to do my best. And I feel I like I can't do my best. right now. Exactly. I want to do my best. I feel like my effectiveness and my ability to contribute is being challenged because, you know, here's, and just describe the facts and then get clear on what it is that you want. Or if you don't have ideas, you can, what you can ask is like, could you help me think this through? 
how might I create mm-hmm. me to focus? I'm open to ideas. Like if we, you know, if we can't decline meetings as a team from, you know, this other team or these clients, you know, what are some things, you, you know, you can come to the table. Obviously, it's better to come with ideas, but you can also use your manager, hopefully, as someone who can help you brainstorm. I had a client who felt like he couldn't go to his manager in that way. And finally, I, you know, through coaching, we crafted the conversation. In the book, I do talk about how do you craft these conversations and and get ready for them. And had he not gone to his manager and expressed his needs, his manager would have never known that he was struggling. And his manager ended up then recommending him to be a leader on another team. And like, had my client not said, here's where I'm at, his manager would have never known. Like, so your manager. I feel like most people would assume they could not have that conversation with their managers. Most people do. And the thing is, like, your manager's success depends on you being totally. successful and you not leaving. And so many people are afraid to speak up because they're afraid that they'll seem weak or that they don't care about their work or that they don't have what it takes. But actually, if you are suffering, like your well-being is suffering, your performance is suffering, you're starting to feel like your imposter syndrome is like taking over. You want to be able to have a conversation with your manager because they can help you sometimes in with like immediately. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it could be transformational. So I always, you know, but they're not mind readers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I think that then it becomes the same way as like a relationship sometimes where you are assuming they think a certain way and those assumptions are probably likely to be negative. And so maybe you're like self-perpetuating this horrible work cycle and that's not going to be able to change. And it's like, might as well try. It's all in the book, which is great. But at what point, you know, you say most of the time you're able to like do this work and things really change and you realize like, okay, instead of going from job to job and thinking that it's the job, it's you. And so you can change these things. You're optimizing these things. At what point is it like, do you call it at your job? And so you're like, it actually is the job. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I walk people through this process so that they can instantly feel better mm-hmm. and that they can know clearly whether it's them or their job. And in either situation, it's a win-win, right? So yeah, it either becomes better or you realize this is definitely not the place for me because I'm doing all the work that I need to do. And now I can go relieve myself. And you can be really clear. and. In the process, you're growing anyway, developing these skills. This is how I like to focus on bad relationships and breakups. I would say take this time to become the best version of you that you could be. And it'll either flourish, your relationship will either, that, that yummy positivity will either reattract your partner, remind them of what they were initially attracted to, you get back on the same page, or you have a clear vision that this is not your person. And either way is a win because your relationship gets better or you're opening yourself up to find your true partner. And in the meantime, you have become your, hopefully, ideally, have become the best version of yourself. Exactly. And you're doing it with love and kindness. You're saying, hey, you know, I want to show up and be most impactful or I want to be organized or I want to advocate for myself. And so you go and you practice the boundaries and you practice the difficult conversation. You make the ask, the one that you were afraid to ask, And then you get information. And if you feel like it's too difficult for you to practice your values and be who you want to be in this job while doing what's required of you, then you have your information. Mm -hmm. 
But I, it, you know, just get your vision and your values clear. And if people want to do without buying the book, although I'd love for them to buy the book, they can get the vision generator for free. They can just go to visiongenerator.com and it's free there. Oh, cool. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I and, haven't done any sort of like 2024. Oh, it's, yeah. No. It's perfect for that, for like a reset, reflect, like what really matters. So I would do that first. And then you'll know if you're still unsure, then you want to practice your values every day, do those things, have those conversations, and then you'll know. And then you won't bring the baggage into the next job. You know, like absolutely. if you're like so depleted and you're so unresolved, when you interview that shows up, Mm-hmm. And you don't want to, you know, that's not, that's not how you want to be showing up in your, first of all, you, the same stuff might happen, but also you're not interviewing. You're also not probably attracting, it's just, comes I, up, you're not you're attracting a good job. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for this. This is, I mean, I just want to talk to you forever because it breaks my heart how sad we all are. <laughs> and I think so much of that comes down to work. What were you actually just before we... What was the most maybe like exciting thing you learned for when you studied? I think being able to study being happy is incredible. Or like, what was the biggest takeaway practice that you use every day? I would say that people really matter. That Mm. it's everything. You know, that love is everything. People really matter. Our relationships really matter. I know that, again, sounds so basic, but I think especially in the states where we're so driven on achievement and pursuing that and leave our communities for pursuing a new job. And we're working remotely sometimes and we don't see people. We need each other and we need to be connected. That is one of the biggest resources for our happiness is it's the biggest predictor of our happiness is the quality of our relationships. That's incredible. And so I just always, you know, when it comes to a decision, I'm like, is this going to be moment of connection for me? Do I feel like doing this lunch? Mm. Well, it's an opportunity for me to like, to connect with someone that I care about. I'll say yes. You know, like that, like, is it, especially now we need togetherness more than ever. Mm -hmm. And if it's a restorative connection, it's not just, I don't say yes to everybody. If I feel like it's going to be restorative and even like our nervous systems are constantly talking to each other. There's this beautiful book that's called Love 2.0 by a leading researcher. This is the last thing I'll say. And she talks about how love is the supreme emotion. And it's not romantic love. It's not love that even you have with your child. It could, you can have an experience. It's an experience of connection that you can even have with like the person in the grocery store. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, we need it like sunshine. We need it like water. We need it for our vitality. So I think it's just a reminder that we need to prioritize each other and caring for each other. It's so funny because I think we've just all all just made it too complicated. <laughs> it's like everything we know, we don't need. Like we already know it. We don't need like millions of studies to tell us. No. But we, we kind of still do because we're, I think that's part of like growth and wisdom is like returning, returning to that basic knowingness that like our children, that. Yeah, that's what makes them so pure, right? It's like, you know, before all the damage happens and then we become cold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. When does the book come out? No, it comes out March 5th, but anyone who pre-orders it, so 
I, I, when is this? I don't know when you're sharing this. Next week. Oh, next week. Great. So if people pre-order the book, they get a bunch of bonuses so they can actually join. I'm doing a talk just for people who pre-order the book on oh, March amazing. first. And it's going to be how to, how to work happier now. So for all your friends who are feeling miserable at work, great. they join this talk and I'll take them through strategies on how they can immediately start to feel better at work. So they get that as a free bonus. And then there's a bunch of other things that I'm offering and it's on my website, stellagrazant.com. Amazing. And I'll link all that below. Thank you, Stella. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your week. You too. You too. Bye. I- Thank you. And good luck with your son. Thank you. <laughs> you really just want to bring them in the bed, but this is what we're not supposed to do, right? I know. My husband started to cuddle him and I was like, all right, if he's okay with it, then I'm just going to sleep for a few hours, but we'll have to figure it out. This is it. This is the practice. This is the challenge. We need little kids, man. Well, thank you. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.